0: Thank you for joining us online today. We are so thankful that we get to worship together as a church family in our homes all across the U.S. and the world. As we gather together for this last Sunday of 2021, we can't help but think of all that God has done, and we look forward to even greater things in 2022. If you call Journey home, we want to say a special thank you for supporting the vision of Journey to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. As always, you can give at any time, anywhere by texting journeycc to 77977 or by visiting our website at journeycommunity.net.
1: Well, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. We have another one in the books. Uh, I hope everybody got everything they were wanting, but most of all, that they had an encounter with a real Jesus. That's the bottom line. It's interesting to me, um, thinking about what's happening, because we go from Christmas to another uh, celebration, another holiday that we celebrate and it's New Year's And it, it's really a time where lots of people as a matter of fact millions upon millions upon millions upon people are going to make New Year's resolutions. Some of you probably already have made some of those. And what I've found out that millions upon millions upon millions of people also break their New year's resolutions in the first seven days. So it's one of those deals where maybe there's something different that we need to have. New Year's is a day where a lot of us forget what was back here. Maybe a relationship, maybe a a habit that we had, maybe a problem that was going on. Maybe it was something we're not real proud of and we forget that and we look forward. And you know something, that's actually a spiritual concept. Philippians chapter three says it like this, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, now watch this, listen, this is really good, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, the writer is literally saying that we stop thinking about what's back here and we look forward here, but he's not talking about a resolution. As a matter of fact, what I'm learning and what I've kind of learned over the last several years is we don't need a resolution, we need a revival. We need God to do something deep down inside of us, not something that's superficial, that lasts for a couple days or weeks or months. We need something that lasts a lifetime. Psalms 119 has been a passage that, honestly, since our 930, uh, that I've been uh, just going over and over again. And I remember a couple months ago, we had a creative meeting. and We sat and looked at Psalms 119. And Psalms 119 is coming alive to me because it talks about this reviving of our soul, but it gives us some answers and solutions how that happens. And it doesn't happen by resolution. What happens is us diving into the things of God. As a matter of fact, it says in Psalms 119.25, I lie in dust. And I wonder how many people in 2020 and 2021 have felt like their life has just been lying in dust. Like COVID, problems, struggles, tensions, death, whatever's happened in our lives. And that's one thing that every one of us have in common. We are really looking forward to moving past 2020 and 2021. And we almost think that by flipping a calendar, like something supernatural is gonna happen. And maybe it is. And maybe just that's what God's wanna do. So he says, I lie in dust, but now listen to this. He says, revive me by your word. Not, not, Not by the things in the world, not, not by the tensions that are out there. Not about the government. It's by, by his word that will be revived. And it says in verse 26, I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Now stop there for a second because verse 26 is really, really important. I love it whenever ever I have a moment where I tell God my plans. Because you know what he does? He laughs at me. He says, your plans aren't going to work. So David is saying, as the writer of this, I told you my plans and you answered. And we know just as well as he did that God was going to answer differently than his plans. And it says, now teach me. Now I want to know your decrees. I want to know what you want to say. And then verse 27 says, help me. Understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Revive. That's an interesting word. In other versions of the Bible, it's quicken. It's give me life. Revive literally means this: making alive, keeping alive, and giving more life. That's what we need. We don't need a resolution. We need, we need to be made alive. We need to keep alive and we need to give, be given more life. It's interesting because that's the where the kind of the direction over the next year of our church. That regardless of what ministry you're involved in, if you're involved in children's, we're gonna be talking about this concept of revive. We're gonna talk about it in student ministry. And we, we want to church-wide, and we're going to actually have experiences throughout the course of the year that help us with that reviving of our soul. We're going to have special worship nights and special uh, readings that we're doing. And so I'm excited about the direction we're going as a church. But I was thinking about this. Why do we need a reviving? Why do we need it? Verse 37, if you drop down to verse 37 to 119, it literally tells us why we need a reviving. And it says this, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. How many worthless things do we, do we kind of put our our, our life livestock in? And I was thinking just two. I have put a lot of stock in the sin of my life. The things that lead me away from God. And when he's saying this, he's saying, turn my eyes from those worthless things. Things that the world says probably are important or they think are important are not even close to be important in the things of God. Yeah. So he says, turn my eyes away from my own sin. And then the other thing is pretty interesting. The vanity of this world. Do you know there's things out there that draw our attention? I think about this, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bass fisherman. I love bass fishing. And everybody that I know has a bass boat has all the shiny things on it and all the gadgets on it. And it's new and it lights up and it shines and there's LEDs because we like shiny things. As a matter of fact, at Christmas Eve service, I talked about lights. We all are drawn by lights. One of the things that I loved about coming to the South was a thing called lights of the South. We are drawn. But how about the things in the world that are shiny that lead us away from God? The things that are are temporal, that don't really bring great things. Charles Spurgeon said it like this. We have nothing to do with this vain world. We are not citizens of this land. I'm not a citizen of this land. I have a place called heaven that Jesus prepared for me to go. So how do we do this? life Lasting change is not simple as making a resolution. I think we would all agree to that. This is how we need to do it. We need to get tired of the old way. We need to get to a place in our life where we're tired of what you... I, I used to say this all the time. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because sin will leave us sick and tired. And the second thing we need to do is we need to have a new perspective. And that perspective, as we're going to talk about in a second, is it's God's perspective. We need to develop a routine or a repetition in our life. That means we need to get up early, like the psalmist says, early in the morning while well, I rise up and seek thee. And so what are we doing repetition-wise? Late at night, well, before we, do we defrag the system and think about the things of God? And then we need to develop an attitude of persistence in our life. And that's something we don't talk a lot because we just, okay, God's going to do. No, we have to develop persistence. So, um, one of the places that I liked and I used to take my kids to all the time was Brewsters. Anybody yeah. you guys been to Brewsters, right? Brewsters my favorite. Well, a couple months ago I forgot that Brewsters was going out of business and I was upset because I, I literally left our office here and I walked uh, I got in my car and I, I rode over to Brewsters and I got there and you know what I found? I found another building and it's a KFC. Now don't get me wrong, I love me I love fried chicken. Like fried chicken's good, but, but, but I wanted Brewsters. And then I got to thinking, and so I was kind of figuring out what was going on, and then I remembered, I don't want you guys know this, Colonel Sanders, the founder of KFC, went to a thousand different restaurants before somebody said that his special seasoning was worthy of, and it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And some people say, well, he failed a 900. no, 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 he didn't fail a single time, he didn't fail because he, he never quit. And persistence in our life is important if we're going to see, and it especially pro- applies to our spiritual life. Our spiritual life, we have to be persistent in, and honestly... We quit resolutions, but we never quit a revival. Yeah. Because when revival happens, it's God doing it in us, not us doing it in us. But we need to realize there's a couple enemies. I'm going to run through these real, real fast. There's a couple enemies to a revived soul. There's some, there's some enemies. And the first one is, revived happens when we have realistic expectations. Let me explain it this way. We often still still deal with the residual of our past life. Right? So I, I have a... Grinding wheel in my house, in my garage, and I love making things shiny. And so um, Caleb is one of the guys that I play golf with a lot, and I'll get a new putter, and he'll he'll you know he'll buy a putter for me, and I and I and I shine it all up. I love it, but you have to use this compound on it. It's a compound that makes there's friction. It's like a sandpaper, and what happens is that compound gets all in my hands. and And I remember a couple weeks ago I was shining something up, and I looked at my hands. And as I've gotten older, my hands have gotten a little crinkler. I mean, we've got some wrinkles on it, you know, all that kind of stuff. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get the compound out of my hands, the joints and the, the, the crevices in my hands. And it reminded me of our lives. In our lives, because of life, there's residual of our life. There's things in our life that we'll never be able to get rid of. And it's I'm not talking about sin and I'm not talking about forgiveness because God washes away our slate. Like it's clean, right? Second Corinthians 5, 17, I'm a brand new creation. The old is gone, but the new is come. But sometimes we forget, we have unrealistic expectation. There's still residual in our life there's still some things going on in our lives. This, 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 like, if you rob banks, well, you've never robbed a bank, uh, uh, right? But if you rob banks and then all of a sudden you get caught robbing banks, you would have, an, even if you were a Jesus lover, you would, there's an expectation that you would be held accountable for your stuff, right? Because there's residual in it. It's like in our lives, we, we yell at our kids, or we, we argue with our spouses all the time, and then we ask Jesus to be our savior, and yes, he's washed away, all that stuff, but there's still there's years and years and years of tension, residual in the crevices and the cracks of our life, that somehow or another we've got to work through. And the problem is, in our lives, what we do, and this is why we quit, we do it good for a week, or we do it good for two weeks, or three weeks, or four weeks, and we figure, oh, we're, we're, and then all of a sudden it pops back up, that residual comes back in. This is not a mysterious phenomenon. It's a spiritual principle. It's, it's actually in the Bible. It's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let the one who taught the word share all these good things with the one who teaches. I love the fact that it's taught the word. And verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows his own flesh will, will from the flesh reap corruption. Corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing, uh, doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. It, 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 been pastoring for a while, 18 years, been ministry 30 years. You know what I found out that that's happened? Lots of people sow wild seed all week long. Monday, they're sowing wild seed. Tuesday, they're sowing wild seed. Wednesday, they go out Friday night, and they go clubbing, and Saturday night, and they're doing under their bad relationships. And they, they expect and pray for a crop failure on Sunday. They hope that that seed doesn't ever blossom. They hope that seed that they've been planting for maybe months or years never comes up. And the truth is, that's just not the way it is. You sow what you reap. Don't let that entice you to quit, though, because that's the areas of our lives that God wants to do the greatest revival in. It's the areas of our lives where we've had, we've had crop failure. And, and when we understand, because the Bible says through our weaknesses, he's made strong. And that's the areas that he wants to do the greatest work in our life. Here, here's the second thing I want us to get, because it's really important getting into the new year. We can only be revived when we understand the right results are worth the wait. We live in a culture that we have to have them right now. Like we literally pray the prayer and we think God's going to do it. Verse 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. And, and it's interesting because that actually means your payment will be made in due season. When it's time, God will make your payment. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and, and, and you guys, we all work together. If I said to you today, because there's, some, uh, there's a spiritual principle here, you reap later than you sow, right? You reap later than you sow. Like you plant a seed today, it's not coming up, and it's not being, the harvest isn't coming, and you'll reap more than you sow. Here's the question if I told you we were gonna do a pay structure everybody we work together we're gonna pay structure differently and today we were gonna start a brand new pay structure and this week I was gonna give you one penny and every week I'm gonna double that money every week I'm gonna double that money most of us would go right away our first inclination is no way You're, you're, you're cutting my salary back watch this week one you get one cent week two you get two cents week three you get four cents week four you get eight cents so after a month you've earned the grand total of 15 cents Week 5 you've earned 16 cents. Week 8, now you're up to triple digits, $1.28. Week 8 uh, so a grand total of $2.55. Week 9 you earn $2.56. Week 10 you er, uh, earn 512. Week 11 you earn 1024. Week 12 you earn 2048. After 3 months you're earning $40.95. At week 20 you're earning $5200 and at week 25 $160,000 that's how our spiritual life works but we want everything right now we would be we would be it would be ridiculous for us to say no we would never take that plan but in our lives we do the same thing we go god i want whatever is fleeting i want whatever's going to diminish it's going to it's going to i know it's going to rust but i still want it and so god wants us to have these things in our spiritual life and here's the last thing we're going to we're gonna, we're going to close right here we will be revived when we decide to do it god's way I can't tell you the amount of times I sit with people in my office and they want to, even after they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel, they still want to do it their own way. They start trying to figure out how they can fabricate whatever it is. And the reason that many give up in the improving of our lives or asking God to revive us is because we try it our way and it fails and then we quit. Instead of going through the process that God wants us to do. It's like a person who wants to get, uh, get ahead financially. I can't tell you over the years how many times people have walked in and they've they've showed me or tried to sell me a get rich scheme. And after about a year, they're out of it. That's not the way wealth is not accumulated over a month or six months or a year. It's a lifetime that God gives. How about this? How about a person wants to lose weight? They take that miracle pill that's going to change everything, right? And what happens after that miracle pill gone? Or what happens uh, six months when the novelty of that comes? They've gained all their weight back. It's, it's in every aspect. How about this? The person that wants to succeed, it succeed in work. And they start cutting corners. They start cutting. They're not working as hard. And then all of a sudden, what happens? It's in every area of our lives. These strategies never work. It's because they're not God's way. Let me, let me give you an example of this. In our financial lives, right? God has a design plan for our financial lives. He says give, right? Yeah. Save, spend, right? Those are three things. And then on top of that, extravagantly give. So, there's another aspect to it. I'm looking at a group of people that you would admit to me, right? And hopefully, people that are watching online would go, I've watched that plan work out in my life. I, and, and I've heard this for years. My brother used to say it to me all the time You can't outgive God. And you know what I've tried to do? Outgive God. And you know what's happened every time? He pours out exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. Because it's God's way. When we give God what's God's, He blesses the rest every time. I've shared this story a gazillion times. I told my wife one time, do you know where we could live if we didn't tithe? And she said, yes, in a cardboard box. Because that's where we would be. Because that's the way God's plan. When we don't do it God's way, and that's every aspect that's in our marriages, we gotta do it God's way. There's there's, there's a way to do it. You honor, the Bible says in Ephesians, you honor, right? Husbands, love your wives. Wives submit to their husbands. It's God's design. And when it's done that way, it's blessed. It's how we raise our kids. It's how, we, it's how we do church. It's how we do ministry. And that's when we finally understand and decide to do it God's way. That's when he'll revive our souls. Yes. L- listen to what the last verse says in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You know what that's saying? It's not saying like, you know, boo, 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 God. It's not saying that. It's when you try to do it another way other than God's way, you're mocking God. You're saying that your way is better than his way. So in 2022, we're going to ask God to revive us. We're going to have worship nights. We're going to have nights of prayer. We're going to dive into this year. We're going to look at scripture. We're going to be revived by his word. But I, I want you to think for a second. We're going to bow our heads in a second and pray. I want you to think for a second. What area of your life do you need God to revive you the most in? If you're watching online, what area of your life? What area of your family life? Is it the finances? Is it is it is it, is it you know, your spiritual life? Is it just getting closer to God? Is it your, whatever it is. Maybe it's an addiction that's that's held us captive. Whatever that is, are we gonna? Are we willing to ask God to revive and do it His way? Twenty twenty two is going to be the best year ever. I promise you, because we're going to do things God's way. God's way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for this opportunity we have. And God, over all the years, I have never been as excited about a year going into a year as this year, because finally, maybe I've understood a little bit more, a little clearer that I am not trying to create a resolution. I am trying to create a revival. And that only comes when I lean into you. So God, somehow or another over the course of this year, and God, we're praying all kinds of prayers and all kinds of uh, experiences right now. We're in people's houses and kitchens and cars. We're here in our atrium today. God, would you reach down inside of every one of us and touch us? Would you talk to us? Would you, by your Holy Spirit, speak to us about the areas of our life that we need the the, the revival in? God, maybe it's just just loving you again. Maybe we've allowed the world and the shiny things of this world to distract us. We have allowed things and shows and all the the tension in the world, We've, we've allowed those things. Let us focus back you. God, I remember a song that we used to sing a long time ago. And it just simply said, turn your eyes to Jesus and the things of the world slowly fade away. God, allow me, allow us, this church in 2022 to turn our eyes back towards you and God, allow the things of this world to fade away. I pray, I pray for a great year. I pray for the best year ever. I pray for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said Amen. I want to thank you for being with us, whether you've been online or you're sitting here. I can't wait to see you next week as we start a brand new series called Revive. See you next week.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. If you feel led to take your next step or if you need prayer, email us at nextsteps@journeycommunity.net.